0: Well, would you agree that we have a great Savior? I'm thinking about that today. I've been thinking about that a lot. And uh, looking in First Peter, you can turn it over to First Peter chapter 1. I won't talk about that in just a minute. But I've been thinking about a number of, of uh, passages that relate to our Savior. We were talking about different things, including John chapter 3, when it talks about Light coming into the world, men loving darkness rather than light. And uh, it is true that so a lot of times we end up with wanting things that um, do not advance our knowledge of, or our love for, or our submission to the Savior. That we get a lot of things backwards, a lot of things that kind of distort our view remember when jesus came isaiah tells us that uh, his coming was like light into the world that men who sat in darkness had seen a great light that passage is pointedly fulfilled in the new testament with the coming of the savior and he is the light he is the one that not only reveals god to us but reveals us to ourselves. And think about what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter six when he talked about the year that King Uzziah died. And um, it was a time of national crisis when the king, one of the few good leaders of God's people of the nation, had died. And there's a lot of, of uh, thievery, a lot of self-centered religious nonsense that's going on around them with people that are, are scheming and and rubbing their hands together in a gleeful manner wanting to take over and start to distort the leadership and i'm sure isaiah was was very concerned i know that i would be and i am and not just would be i am concerned with that now when isaiah went into the temple And he had a vision of the Lord who was high and lifted up, uh, seated on the throne of the universe. Which, by the way, if you do a study of that in the Bible, one thing that is always true is that the throne is occupied. That means that God is on the throne and he is sovereign and he is in charge and he does not have any difficulty at all in performing his will and putting people up and bringing people down. If you remember in the book of Daniel Nebuchadnezzar, uh, who was a pagan king, a godless king, a very self-centered and and irreligious and arrogant person who thought nothing of having uh, men who had served him faithfully thrown into a fiery furnace, but under the influence of the gospel and some of the testimony of some of uh, Daniel and his friends, this man was humbled to the point that without any prodding from anybody else, he acknowledges, as you can find in Daniel 4, that God is the, the king of the universe. He is Lord of all. He is sovereign, and he raises people up as he pleases. He puts people down as he pleases, and no one can can stay him or hold him back or tell him he can't. Nebuchadnezzar came to know this God, and uh, God is so good to pick people of such a temperament out and use him for his glory but he will and he does and i would like to be one of those people used for his glory and i'm sure you would do i was looking at peter uh, kind of to get down to what we we're talking about and peter you, you know peter addresses uh people who are scattered abroad aliens people who are going through uh hard times and difficulties and uh He's talking about people, um, he talks about inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled. The, the, the idea of inheritance being imperishable is a way of saying that it won't rot or depreciate or lose its value. Um, it is an inheritance and i i don't know if we can describe it completely we'll be looking at that on sunday but i think one of the things that is very definitely included in that is the inheritance of the kingdom we, we are we will study that find out we inherit the earth we inherit eternal life a lot of things but part of it is that we inherit kingdom which is the rule of christ over his people and which is the, the sphere of submission on the part of God's people to that rule, And so here's an inheritance that will not um, depreciate, will not perish, it uh, will not be uh, undefiled. That is, maybe we could say it will not be contaminated. A lot of things are are contaminated. I have a new phone here and uh, I have been trying to get one of the apps off the phone because there's so much stuff in it. Uh, Maybe it's not, but there is stuff in it that's just garbage and I just don't like that that to confront me. And so I've been trying to get that off the phone and every once in a while that app pops up it's very stubborn. I don't know exactly why or how. It's all right. We just continue to work on it. But the inheritance that, that the Lord has for us is not going to depreciate and it's not going to be contaminated it's not going to uh it says my text says fade away that means it's not going to wilt uh or i'm in printing and in printing we print a lot of stuff and things sometimes we print these beautiful full color pictures landscapes and things like that and uh, some of the colors after you print them will fade quicker than others if you put them in the sun over a period of time, and it doesn't take too long, maybe a year or so, that picture begins to change its color and looks kind of sick and putrefying and stuff. This inheritance that God has for us is not going to do that. It's not going to be wilting. It's not going to be losing its, its uh, significance. It's not going to be contaminated. And not only that, but Peter says that it's got my name on it. Uh, it's reserved, and that's kind of a nice thing. You come up to we've um, been to the banquets and other banquets a lot of times. They'll have a table there, and this table is reserved for Blue Ridge Bible Church or whatever like that. And it's reserved. Here is an inheritance that the Lord before we were talking about before the foundation of the world, and not just before, uh, but ...one of the texts, and I should, should look that up because I remember specifically, one of the texts is eons. We measure time in this world in space of years, days, months, weeks, but God, in outside the realm of the universe where things are in his sphere, uh, he measures things a lot of times in relation to the earth through ages or eons, and uh, eons, it says, before he had created the earth, the foundation, he's putting my name down. And if you are say, put your name down in the book, hard to be more secure than that, if he has already destined to bring us to himself and he's already given us an inheritance, which he has inheritance, but we haven't been able to sit down at the table. Now, part of that inheritance, like the kingdom, we're there, but we don't have a chance to enjoy it is we would like to that the that we are waiting for that inheritance which is is there to be seen to be recognized and we, it's reserved for us in heaven uh <clears throat> to those who belong to him and peter goes on to say and and the reason peter's add, adding all of this to it is because the people he's writing to are those that are suffering and going through difficulties now all of us suffer some of us suffer more than others perhaps but we do suffer we have a hardship and uh, we we are we are in a world that is temporary we're in bodies that are temporary we have uh needs uh and while we may really want those needs to be met uh the that, that need that we have is kind of temporary if we don't get air or food what if we die pretty soon and then it's it's taken care of but the real needs. God meets and he says that we are those who have been protected by the power of God and uh, through a faith or a salvation that is what ready to be revealed in the last day of the last time that salvation that uh, that deliverance that promise means that the salvation that we you know, we used to have a program called our, our decision that we make the decision. But the decision carries with it activity and salvation that moves into the future and there is a process, not only that we have been saved and being saved, but we will be saved and that's a that's a promise that comes from the one who has made this inheritance available to us and protected us and chosen us, and so we are. We're very special in that sense it's not because we're special special it's because he has called us to himself in spite of the fact that we should be in hell in spite of the fact that we are were enemies really at the beginning and he has he has chosen us before and, and chosen us when we haven't done anything see that's the thing is that it's not like he saw something really fantastic with some of us i know that for true of me and i know that with you that we he didn't look at me or you and say my that's just such a Perfect person with such great potential. I gotta have that person. No, I think he has chosen to pick the foolish things of the world so that he can use us to bring confounding the wise and also to glorify his own name. And I told you, I think that the day will come when we will be standing up before the Lord to give a witness to a testimony, not just before the Lord, but before all the millions of creatures of all kinds that he has created as an audience. We will stand up and we will have the privilege of giving a word of testimony, probably longer than just a word, but a testimony of the infinite mercy and grace of God. As he has poured his own life out on behalf of me and on behalf of you. That precious life of that Savior that went to the cross for the likes of us. And uh, we sometimes look better on Christmas when we're all, I mean Sunday when we're all dressed up, but we know in our hearts that we are vile and we're wicked, wicked and self centered and arrogant. And I know that I have a very stubborn will, and there are times, just all the times that I choose, and then I have to come back and say, well, oh, I'm sorry about that. That's a, that is wrong. That's in your face. It's a defiance against you, and it's wicked, and I ask you for mercy. So Peter is writing to those who are suffering, and he's talking about those in the, power, in the midst of suffering, that they're protected by God's power through the faith that's in a salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. That would be a word of encouragement to those who never, who don't even know if their house is going to be busted into by the Roman soldiers or the Gestapo of that day and arrest them. And it was a very real possibility, and many of them are having their property seized and other things like that. And it's a, it's, it's a very uncertain future from their perspective. But it's not an uncertain. Peter says these are the things that are promised to God's people, and they are there and they are reserved for you and so these things are are there that are being unfolded to you in the last day and in this he says he talks to them he says you greatly rejoice even though now for a short time if necessary you have been distressed by various trials distress may be a kind word but it just means that you really going through some hard times did you get the word necessary in there because I can tell you, you remember the story of the farmer who the, was trying to get him to, this guy was trying to to, to plow his field, and he had, the farmer said, well then let me show you how to do it, and he grabbed a two-by-four and hit the mule over the head. He said, you have to first get his attention before he's going to plow the field. But sometimes, in fact, probably most of the time, the Lord has to get our attention. Because you know what, we just have so much going on that's, that comes in the way. We really do, I do, and it's just easy to be distracted. So. One of my ongoing requests is that the Lord will help me to listen to him and to seek him and to put him first. Here it is some, these things are necessary because we've been distressed by various trials so that the testing of your faith or the proof of your faith, the testing uh, of your faith, having being much more precious than gold, which is perishable. Let me just say here, that's not the testing, the process of testing that's more precious than gold. It's the faith that's the more precious, that's more precious than gold, even though gold has been tested by fire and is proven to be pure and as valuable as it is, the faith that we have, the faith in our relationship with the Lord, the provision that he has made on our behalf, the provision of our Savior that we'll look at, we'll think about tonight, that, that faith is more precious than gold, even though the gold uh, is tested by fire, that it may be found, notice the future tense of this. It's not now but it's going to be found to result in praise in honor and glory at the revelation or the unveiling of jesus christ that's going to happen one day i will have the privilege of looking into the face of the one who gave his life for me and i'm i'm sad to say that there will be shame in my face as well because many times i've ...turned my back on that, and done my own thing, and gone my own way, and looked my own way, and sought my own purpose, and my own pleasure, and my own comfort, to the um, neglect of Him. And I don't like that, and I, I told you this morning, I'm not happy. I'm not, I'm not happy with my life. I, I want my life to be more and more dedicated to the Savior, and more and more surrendered to Him that means so much and it's so important the Bible says who the Lord loves he chastens his spirit every son who receives and I know what that's like and you know what that's like God knows how to discipline he knows how to take us out behind the woodshed for our good if it's necessary so he's sitting here these things sometimes are necessary he never ever ever makes a mistake and he is perfect and he loves us with the love that went all the way to the cross and so it's a good thing. So we have a good savior who's he, done some great things for us. And he goes on to say that though you have not seen him, you love him, and though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you great you rejoice greatly with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So here he is, he's just talking about the Lord, these people that Peter had seen the Lord,
1: he had known the Lord, and uh, but he's helping to write to people who are going through suffering. And he says, you know, guys, I, you haven't seen him. And you don't you don't you
0: really not witness him like I have. Then if Peter were here and we're teaching tonight, um, I'm sure if we had an answer, the first things we would want to know is what it was like to be with the Savior. What did he do? What did he look like? What did he say? How did he respond? And we have that in the in the gospels. That's why we have it, so we can know what the Lord is like, how we responded, what he did. It's wonderful and uh, yet still we like to hear that he just tells us we haven't seen him and in the past yet we love him we don't see him now but we believe in him we trust him we hope in him and uh, he says though you haven't seen him you do have hope with joy great with you rejoice with great joy and inexpressible and full of glory now notice these people that are suffering there is this magnificent word of praise a song of praise that comes out of their hearts and their lives because of the joy that they know is anchored so firmly in the work of christ and it is there and it is real and it is worth everything and that he says you have obtained as a result the outcome of your faith the very deliverance the very salvation of your souls and i just i really appreciate that i want I want my heart to really love the Savior instead of myself, uh, and I, and it's just so easy to love myself and love the things that I want and and want to get my will in front of His. And so I just really um, ask the Lord to help me to put Him first. You know what that's like, because I'm sure you struggle with that. You may you probably don't struggle with it as much as I do, but I do. I I do all the time. I'm. Oh, It may work. It's just distraction after distraction after distraction, all kinds of things that come my way that, that, and then I say, Lord, I'm sorry, please help me to love you. So we serve a wonderful savior who, in spite of these distractions and things, has grabbed hold of us. Uh, And uh, we we love him. We follow him. He holds on to us. We're in his hand. And he says in John 10 that, uh, that he with us in his hand are in the Father's hand which is the, the, the hand is that part of the physical now anatomy that holds on to things. We choose things with the mouth. We don't hold on to it. We don't hold on to our foot. We use our hands, that's the part. That's what holds on to something. And the Lord said, we are in his hand and he and us with us are in the father's hand and nobody can pull us out of his hand. So we're secure, the promise is secure. Um, and uh, the suffering is also promised because it's necessary but it's a good thing because he loves us and he's done what's best so what i'm going to do is i want to have a word of prayer and then i'm going to sit down but i'm not going to close the prayer and you guys this is family so you're welcome we want you to pray if you want to pray and talk to the lord that's the time for it and then i'm going to ask my son if you don't mind closing that time of prayer and uh and by the way, throughout the meeting, usually pray anytime. It's not just has to be at this time, but that's the way we have done it. So close it and we can share one with the other. How been working in our hearts and lives. Give us, if you have a scripture you want to share, whatever. And then Pete and I are going to come up and get the elements. Dear Father, I want to thank you for your goodness to me, and your mercy, and your grace. And I'm so undeserved and so undeserving and so self centered and so stubborn and so. Persistent, really persistent. Uh, You've told us that if we love the things of the world, your love is not in us. And so often I have to just say, I just I can pursue the things of the world and I know that and and I have to stop and I have to say, Lord, does this reflect my love for you? And I know it doesn't, I know that. And so I'm asking you to help me, thank you for the desire, but I'm asking you to help me to accomplish that, to really put you first, to honor you, thank you for the things that you've done in my life, Thank you for the church here. We were talking about that in the business meeting earlier. We were, David, you can pray to thank you for putting the church here and he's right. This is the place you've, you've established. You've given us a property, you've given us a building, all these things that we don't have a big expense. We're here at a time in which the world is starting to fall apart and we have the answers. <clears throat> help us to be available, help us to be a, a voice that doesn't uh, shrink from taking a stand People talk about various political leaders, and some they're unpopular. None of them are as unpopular as you, and none of them demand as much as you demand. And so I know what the, that why people run away from you. That people, their deeds are evil. They don't want to come to the light. We understand that. We fight that with ourselves as well. So help us, help us to be honest, faithful, uh steadfast, and to really just spend time invest time with you every day i am praying that particularly for me because i've gotten away from with the job and stuff pressures i've gotten away from reading through the bible of the year and i've kind of focused mainly on the passage i was studying on sunday but i need to get back to doing the bible of the year too and i just ask you to help me to do that and to be faithful because your word is light and life and it just really works in our hearts It's your working and that's good working. So thank you. Thank you for the suffering. Thank you for the difficulties, for the hardship. They come from a heart that is so loving and so good and so kind and so easy for me to get my eyes off of you. I pray you'll help me out to do that. And help me to really help me, help us to really respond to you. I don't mean to be focusing on me all the time, Lord. I just I know that that there there are distractions in my life that need to be dealt with. There are things in my life that I need to seek. There are people that I need to talk to, the witness to. And so I just pray that you'll help me to be responsive to you. Your word, your spirit will dominate my life and you'll help me each day to walk closer to you. I pray you'll do that with us here in the meeting tonight, as we're gathering around yourself. This is your fellowship, your family. You're the one that has, has given your life to us. And it is it is stated in scripture to be a meeting in which it is a remembrance of you. And so I pray that you and you alone will be the one we see and we honor and that we love. And I pray this tonight.